The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everybody and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio on this uh, first day of uh, Donald Trump's uh, era as American president. Uh, joining me is the wonderful Porsche. You're a campaigner, Macca. <laughs> yeah, li- listeners, uh, Macca's been baiting me for five minutes before the podcast just to get me properly angry. So if I start dropping f bombs, just deal with it. <laughs> uh, uh, like a appalling. Doberman with a lizard, I'm just not going to let go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's Rick? Oh, Where's Rick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know Rick would be doing the exact same thing. Oh, maybe. Classic Rick. But, but you could distract him. <laughs> True, yeah. Look at this shiny piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about that. <laughs> can, can you give me some tips how to incorporate veganism in my regular life? And this- now, let's uh, get straight into it. It's the second batch of, uh, of Vic Metro uh, draft teas that we're going to uh, talk about this evening. Uh, and the first player is someone that um, I think definitely relates to Port Adelaide, and that's uh, Dylan Clark from the Eastern Rangers, who's a 187-centimetre, uh, 85-kilo, uh, inside-outside midfielder. Um, I've found it really hard to find a play comparison for him. I've, I've gone with Jordan Lewis, just because of how he sort of plays. Um, he's a really hard-running end-to-end midfielder with uh, elite endurance. Um, he's very strong on the inside, uh, great ability to get first possession um, on the ball at stoppages, lays a huge number of tackles, wins clearances, um, and is one of the best uh, disposal accumulators uh, in this year's draft. What are your thoughts on uh, on young Dylan? Um, I think he's underrated in any fan of drafts I've seen. If we draft him at 14, I'd understand why. I love him. He's great. Um, he's aggressive. He, he gets the numbers up. He, when he just when he clears, he doesn't just sort of get a lot of the clearances that we set poor. Where you just sort of yeah okay you kind of cleared it to someone and then they've got to do all the work. Like when he clears, a lot of them are really decisive. Yeah. Um. You know he actually he not doesn't his clearances are, are better than what the stat clearances usually says. He actually does set up a play. Um. And I just imagine you know I imagine slotting him and a couple of other guys in our current Port Adelaide side. Like if we if we came out of this draft with. Clark and Pal Pepper at 14, 17, in whichever order it was determined we needed to get it, like, we would just change immediately. Yeah? Like, yep. I'd be pretty keen, like, five games into the season, you bring them both in the side, you play them half a game each for the rest of the year and then forever onwards until they were able to play full games. Just how much that would relieve Ollie Wines to be able to have, know that it's not going to fall to shit when he's not there, <laughs> to have Travis Spoke be able to play just a little bit more outside with a little bit less attention on him, to have someone like Jared Pollock actually be able to be as outside as he really enjoys being. Um, there's just the knock-on effects of adding like a couple of real aggressive, forward-thinking, um, burst, force the ball forward guys changes that whole side. And especially if you had Paddy Ryder tapping, um, we could transform immediately with a guy like Dylan Clark. In my view, um, yep. I might be massively overrating him, and certainly <laughs> I might be massively overrating how ready he is to start playing AFL. But if he can come close to replicating what he's doing at the the lower level. Um, then I'm very keen on him indeed. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a fan as well. I'm not sure I'm as big a fan as that. I think there's think issues with his game, which he needs to work on for sure. Look, he's he's quite slow. Look, he just to start with the positives, he does have elite endurance. He was one of the best performing players at the combine uh, in those endurance events. So he got, um, I think he finished third in the three k time trial. Uh, also finished in the top uh, five or six in the uh, in the beep test as well. Got a fourteen twelve, so almost a fifteen beep test there. Um, and look, he can run and run all day. Uh, the big problem is he's not very quick. He is very very slow. Um, and I think he also kind of looks slow on the park as well. And that's probably one uh, my one big negative about his game um, and where he's going to fit in at AFL level with that. I think he's got to try and improve that somehow. Uh, but aside from that, I think his kicking needs a little bit of work. Um, it can lack a bit of depth, and I think it needs to be a, a bit more accurate, especially under pressure. Um, he can sort of rush his kick sometimes. Um, but overall, I, I do really, really like him. He's had a really wonderful year this year. Uh, he kicks important goals. He's a bit of a leader. Um, 
I think he's the type of player that you can rely on at important times, and he's going to get mm-hmm. the job done. Um, he was an All-Australian. He averaged uh, 25 touches and over five clearances a game at the Champs. Uh, averaged just under 30 touches a game and eight tackles a game for Eastern in the TAC Cup. So he's someone that just picks up huge numbers week in, week out, uh, finds the ball, kicks goals, does all the hard stuff. Um, as I said, there's a lot to like about uh, Dylan Clark. I'm not really concerned about his deficiencies for the role that I'd expect him to play, which is that I would expect him to play um, at every ball up, wherever it is on the ground. He's obviously got the endurance to get there. So, you yeah. know, absolutely. Yep, for sure. Where do you see him fitting in on draft night? I don't know. I don't know. I need to, once we're done WA, I'm going to sit down and have a really good hard think about it. But mm. I just don't, I don't, I just feel like, like if he, if for some reason we go past him and he's still there at thirty, like we have to jump on him, yeah. We have to absolutely, you know, scream out the name before they realise what they've done. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, for me, think... he doesn't seem like a Parker player. No, maybe he doesn't not. seem like a Port Adelaide player to me. That's that's the big sort of concern I've got is that if he's there, I I'm not a hundred percent sure we're going to actually draft him. Well, I mean, we say that. And maybe, oh look, I don't know. Maybe, maybe oh God, I hate to think it. Maybe Ollie Wines really was only drafted on the best available method. Um, I, I hate to imagine that's the case. I'd like to think we thought this is amazing. We have to take him. Mm. Um, but maybe it was just the best available thing. Yeah. Uh, I kind of think. Look, I think he's just such a home run for our side because he adds something we don't currently have enough of. Realistically. Yeah. Um, look for someone with his positive traits and the amount of ball that he gets. You would think he would be an absolute Monty for a first-round pick, but mm. certainly in the Phantoms, and look, Phantoms are rarely correct, and there's a lot of group think and all that sort of stuff that goes on, but he does sort of sit a little bit behind that, and you've got to wonder what are the reasons for that. I think that Phantoms are always... I don't think they're ever as bullish on um, inside midfielders as they should be. I think they get I think they get lured in by the athleticism <clears throat> of the outside guys and usually the polish that they're able to deliver with. Um, so I think that's probably a fan of draft thing more than a, a Dylan Clark thing. In my view, yeah. I think the draft will reflect his actual value. Yeah. I think there's probably going to be better players or more suitable players available at 14 and 17. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure I'd pull the trigger there. Um, I'm not sure he lasts to pick 30. Uh, no. I if he is so. there, I would love to pick him up. I would absolutely... Because look, we need an accumulator like that who can step in straight away, win the ball, win clearances. Absolutely, we need that sort of player in the side. Um, does he Does he make it to 30, though, is the big question. And, and one the club's going to have to sort of weigh up. <clears> and if they are after a midfielder that, um, that can accumulate huge numbers, then maybe we do have to go with uh, something like pick 17. Yeah, maybe. Look, I mean, I, I, like I said, I just think he's just a... For the jigsaw of the Port Adelaide side that we've got right now... Uh, as far as maybe wanting to address something like a, a you know a shorter term need, like he for me is a goer. Um, yeah, I've said yeah. I've said all I can say. I can't say much more. Yep, no, that's fair. Rumours of winter has asked a question, which is uh, is Dylan Clark likely to get through to pick thirty in the draft? Does he have the tools to be a similar player to Luke Parker? And I think the question is, um, obviously we've yeah. just spoken about it. Quite possibly he gets to pick thirty. Can he be a similar player to Luke Parker? I don't think so. I, I don't. Th- the thing that I like about Luke Parker is he's just that real sort of physical brute of a player that can just dominate a contest through his sheer physicality, and I don't think Dylan Clark's ever going to be that sort of player. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, look, I mean, I don't think he's the guy that's going to sort of, you know, have blokes fall off him as he runs through a pack or anything like that. He's definitely not that guy. So Luke Park is basically all he wants. Like they are yeah, incredibly right? similar yeah. players and Clark's yeah. not that sort of player. Clark is more I, I don't even know. He's more he, your sort of Travis Bokey sort of sort of bloke. That's just gonna be at every contest, run, get heaps of ball on the outside, do heaps of good stuff on the inside as well. He's that sort of player. For me he's kind of more useful in a way because the body might get stopped but the ball will be free. Yeah. Yeah? Like for me, that's that's really valuable because you see guys that try and rush through packs. And, you know, eventually people smarten up to it. And it can get hard to get through them. And I think we saw Ollie Wine struggle with that at times. But the fact, like, <clears throat> I guess, like he's a non-kicking Robert Harvey. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> that was the thing. Mm. Of, like 
Robert Harvey, he only liked kicking. He didn't like hand passing. And if you just basically swap that um, preference to hand passing, he feels similar to me because he just manages to keep his arms free and get it yeah. out and do all the smart things with it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I think he's. A, I think he could be a really special player, mm. and certainly for our side, he would be a very good fit. Yep, for sure. Uh, next player is Hamish Brayshaw from Sandringham Dragons, who's 186 centimetre, 85 kilo outside mid. Uh, I reckon he plays a lot like uh, Jared Lyons from the Crows, or also Ben Sinclair from Collingwood. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hamish Brayshaw? Obviously, he's the brother of Angus, um, <laughs> who's uh, obviously a, a high draft pick for Melbourne. Um, but I don't think they're at all similar types of players. No, he's nothing on him. Um, <laughs> Angus is really good. He's a centre square mid, and he can do all the things that you need. Hamish Brayshaw, he's just... He's good with the simple stuff, so when it's a simple choice he has to make, he gets it right, and he's good enough to execute pretty well. But yeah. He's not fast enough. He's not classy enough. I don't think his disposal is brave enough. I think he's pretty safe with that. Yeah. And I just don't think he's damaging enough. So for me, he's like he's a red for me. I'm not interested at yeah. all. Nah, same. I'm, yeah. I'm not a big fan at all. I'm, I'd be no. surprised if he gets drafted in the, uh, in the national draft. I think uh, if he's going to go, it's going to be as a rookie pick. Um, he's got good pace. He's got... Um, the ability to play as a uh, like a flanker as well kicks goals up forward. Had a really good grand final, I think, um, on that forward flank. Um, just managed the one game for Vic Metro. I think he got injured. Um, the first couple of times I've seen him play, I've just gone, nah. I've, there's something I, I really don't like about him. I think he's incredibly vanilla. I don't think his skills are good enough. I think he's got a very mechanical kick, um, which misses targets. Uh, yeah, he's a good defensive player, so maybe in some sort of like Matt DeBoer type role, he might um, yeah. he might have a chance. But even then, I think he's pushing shit uphill a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think he's a guy that twenty years ago you'd say he was a good shot to stay around and play well, but I don't think the game's there for him now. Mm. He's the type of guy I can see going. As a rookie pick, playing sort of 30 games over six years, yeah. and that'll be about yep. it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good summary. Mm. All right, enough about that. And let's move on and talk about Luke Bunker from uh, Northern Knights, who's 185 centimetre, 79 kilo outside mid. Um, I relate him to someone like Ryan Bassanak um, from uh, Brisbane now. Uh, he's a very busy two-way midfielder who, fly, who finds plenty of the bowl. Really good defensive ability as well. Gets clearances. Um, can play forward and kick the odd goal, but uh, he's best around the packs. He's kind of like a poor man's Dylan Clark. I agree that he's a poor man's something. Um, for me, I think he's got a few tools, but it really wouldn't surprise me that he becomes like a McGarry medalist as opposed to an irregular AFL player. I, I, he lacks a bit of class and a bit of damage. I think he's all right. I, I don't think he does enough with the ball when he gets it. Physically, he's around the mark where you want, but I don't know. I, I just, I just, I can't, I'm finding it very hard to say why I'm not sure about this guy, but for me, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to make it. I think that his best case scenario isn't even particularly that good. I think that at best you're recruiting as a second tier sort of fringe midfielder guy that maybe comes in and out of the side a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not bullish on him at all. I'd probably rate him uh, or rate him a little bit higher than most. Um, Why? I don't. I really like his tackling. I really like his defensive ability. He finds a shitload of the ball as well. Um, I think he's got a pretty good kick. Um, the one thing that I don't particularly like is that he can be pretty slow to dispose of the ball. Mm. He, I think he often disposes of it after he's been caught, sort of thing. Um, which is yep. something that he would need to work on. Um, and if you're kind of getting caught at this level, then yeah, you know, questions would have to be raised about your ability to play at the highest level. Um, yeah, he's probably he probably lacks a little bit of hurt factor. But um, again, I don't I don't mind him. I I think he probably sits for me in my list. He sits a little bit higher than where he seems to be rated, which is probably sort of you know. Pretty late draft or, or rookie again. Uh, I mm. think you know if, if we had a like a pick in the fifties, I'd be pretty happy to take him because I think he's the sort of guy that if you put a bit of time and effort into him, 
he could become a quite a serviceable AFL player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I, I think that, look, I think that as soon as you get past about pick 40, then you, you're kind of picking to say, well, is he going to play a few games for us? That's kind of what you're hoping for. Mm. Um, or you're recruiting a big player that you know is going to be a project player. I don't generally believe personally in project smalls or project mids. Um, I, because they don't really seem to work out all that often. Um, but project tools do. Uh, so even if he was, I don't think he's a project player in that he's not going to do anything yeah. for four years and then you hope he comes like, good. I think he's the sort of guy that could come in. Player. I think he's more like a Matty Boyd type that could come in if given half a chance and get uh, a fair bit of the footy. But no, Ben Newton, Ben know. Newton, sure. I reckon Ben Newton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Ben Newton probably had a a few more sort of positive traits than what Luke Bunker does. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably says a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Look, if he's there with our rookie pick, I wouldn't be upset at that sort of level to pick him up because I think he's someone that, at the very least, he's going to do a Kane Mitchell and is going to get 30 touches in the SNFL every week. Um, yeah. As a minimum, I would think. Yeah, well, he'd be good for an SNFL side, certainly. Well, let's move on and talk about another player that um, might relate to Port Adelaide a bit, and that's Patrick Kerr from the Oakley Chargers, who's 194 centimetre, 93 kilo key forward. Uh, I think he's a lot like, um, uh, probably a lot like Taylor Walker, also maybe a little bit like Josh oh, Bruce no. as well. Uh, I think he's quite a one-dimensional key forward. He's got uh, very strong hands. He's got a, a really good lead, gets good separation off the mark, Um you know, he's capable of marking well out in front. His kick for goal is uh, terrible, I have to say. He kicked 12 goals, 15 in the TAC Cup. Kicked 9 goals, 8 for Vic Metro. So he, he needs a lot of work done there. Uh, but overall, he um, he had a pretty good year. I don't like him. Don't like him? <laughs> I didn't think he would be a, uh, a Porsche type of player. No, and look, I'll explain why. For me, he feels like a key forward version of a Josh Fraser in that there's a couple of icing things he's really good at. Like, there's a few icing things. Like, he has kicked, you know, you see through his footage and you see, oh, he's kicked a few good little sneaky kicks and he's good at, you know, kicking on the run. But then he's just so shitty at the bread and butter, I feel. I just don't have any faith in him, really. See, I think he's old bread and butter and nothing else. I think he's <sighs> just about the most one-dimensional forward I've seen play in a long time at junior level. And he's very much a, a lead mark kick, sort of deep forward that's going to play out a full forward, I would think. I don't think he's got the capability to play up at sort of centre-half forward or as a third toll, so he's only going to be a full forward. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to sort of kill him a little bit because I don't think he's overly agile. I think he's pretty slow. He's not very good when the ball hits the ground. He's got absolutely terrible defensive pressure, like mm. possibly the worst defensive pressure for a key forward I've seen in probably 10 years. Yep. Um, yep. And that, I think, is going to really hold it against him. And look, he had a really good year this year. He made All-Australian at the Champs. Um, pretty much won a game off his own boot against South Australia with four goals in the last quarter. Uh, had a really good game against the Allies as well. Played good footy for Oakley all year. But I just query um, if he's got the tools to make it at the next level. I don't think he does. That's why that's what I'm referring to as the bread and butter thing. Like I just don't think there's a core player there that is worth drafting. Yeah. I think he's got a few good little tricks that would be a nice addition to the core player, but the tricks alone aren't enough. Yeah. If he was a super accurate kick at goal, then it might be a different story. But oh yeah, he's not though. Someone that's slow, that's only going to play out a full forward, who's you know pretty shaky in front of the sticks. You know, we just got rid of someone like that, so. We're really at the stage where if you are going to be a super specialist, or sorry, if you're going to be a specialist, you have to be a super specialist. Like, you have to be really extremely good, you know. Mm. I think there is room for a, a genuine full forward. But if you are that genuine full forward, you have to be an absolute dead-eye dick, a consistent lead, and have a really sensible kicking action that means <clears> you're going to do a lot of set shots well. Like, there's room for that player in a side. I think Marshall comes a lot closer to that than anything Patrick Kerr offers, like, in every aspect of his game. Um, but, nah. Mm. Having said that, I can see why teams might like him. Um where he fits, again, it's hard to rate because I don't particularly rate him. So I think he sits quite a bit lower than what he might actually realistically 
sort of fit. I think um, teams might start to get interested sort of around pick 25 if they're after a, a key forward. He might last until very, very late. Um, I think he'll definitely get drafted in the national draft. Um, do you think if we miss if we miss out on Marshall, if we miss out on Battle, or don't like Battle, um, do you think we might be keen on Kerr with pick thirty or thirty one? Um, do I? Okay, I'll answer. Put, putting your prejudices prejudices aside for <laughs> how you actually rate him, do you think he's the type of player that will interest us on draft night? Um, I think that Port may try to draft a tall forward, but for my personal preference, I would rather, if I can't get Marshall, I would rather just draft midfielders than draft a key forward just because we have a spot for a key forward. Hmm. So I don't have a scenario. Personally, I don't have a scenario where we draft Kerr, and I think we might, but I think if we did, it would be because he slid to our last pick in the national draft. Like okay. the, the outside the top yep. four, I, I don't I don't see us giving up a good pick for him because we we've, we've seen through how many fan drafts now, we're going to mm. get someone better than him, yeah. you know. He's got a bit bit of the Mitch Harvey's about him. Not that he's a fat lump, but um, pretty different. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of being it. incredibly one dimensional, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he might come in and you know ten games. Like you know, I think he might have an early debut and he might play a couple of really good games he might even get a rising star nomination and I think he'll just start fading away as teams work him out and then he'll go the old Jack Anthony syndrome <laughs> well a little bit Lance Whitnerly too yeah oh that's true well he, Lance well, I don't know come Lance, on he faded Lance at least made a bloody all Australian team he had a, yeah, he had a few good years he started brilliantly didn't he Lance and then mm. he just faded and then Warren Treadrow came <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> that's it well, let's move on and talk about the next player, which is uh, Daniel Venables from the Western yeah. Jets, who's a 186-centimetre, 81-kilo outside mid-forward flanker. I think he plays a lot like Brett Delidio. A lot of people sort of relate him or think he could become a Patrick Dangerfield type in the midfield as well. Uh, he's a very explosive um, forward. Uh, looks to have really good midfield scope. Um, he's probably got as much potential as anyone else in this draft. Uh, he's got great breakaway speed, really good core strength. Again, had a pretty good national championships, which was full of highlights um, for him. Um, and he also became an All-Australian as well. Um, now, I'm going to say, I'm not going into this, I'm not 100% sure if Daniel Venables is a Porsche player. Is he? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's... The way I look at him... Is I look at him like he in the Vic Metro side, he seems to be pretty much what Jack Graham was in the SA side, except that he's good. In that every like if you go through it and you watch games, not only did teammates come past knowing that he's probably going to make something of the contest and wait to feed off him, which is a really yeah. good sign for a midfielder, but also they look for him when they have the ball. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that like. Both of those things—that's captaincy material, yeah. Like that's that's really top level midfielder to be the person that players look to go to and the players look to feed from. Like, yep. so the, the level of responsibility he has in, in and admittedly a very good Vic Metro side, it's high, and I think you have to give him some credit for that. And I don't think he stuffs up all that much, so mm. I, I kind of like him. But I, there's something that makes me wonder. I don't know. Yeah, look, he's just a big bowl of potential at the moment. Like, he's got insane X-Factor. Like, he's the sort mm. of guy that you think, if you draft him and he sort of makes it at AFL level, he's the type of guy that's going to win a Norm Smith for you, sort of thing. He's going to win you a grand final with, like, a three-goal last quarter sort of thing and win a Norm Smith medal. I think he's that type of player. Um, yeah. Yeah, he kicked one of the goals of the, the championships straight out of the middle, just like Paddy Dangerfield does. You know, took the ball from the ruck contest... You know, ran to the ran to the fifty and and slotted it, which was great. Um, I think he kicked the winner against Vic Country as well in the first game. Uh, so there's a lot to like about him, but there's just something about him that I'm just I, I can't really put my finger on it. But I'm just not a hundred percent sure about him. I I can see him not living up to that potential. Uh, I can see us picking him almost like a Johnny Butcher in the fact that we're going to pick him up. He's going to have so much pressure on him. 
because people see his highlights, people see that X factor, and we just assume that it, he's going to turn into this all Australian type midfielder. And if he doesn't get there, I think the oh, pressure's yeah. going to be on, um, and he's going to be a, a bit of a source of frustration. I I agree and disagree with that last part, which is that I think if he's the only proper midfielder we draft, then yes, everyone will look at him because they'll be judging the club as much as they're judging him, the same as they were with John Butcher when we only drafted one tall. Yeah. Um, I think if I think if in that tall draft we had drafted like Italia and a Carlisle, for example, just the, the perfect example, admittedly, you know, the, the best case scenario, but I think that there would have been less pressure on one key forward if we had drafted more than one. Yep. And I think if we draft more than one genuine mid, then I think any pressure that might be on one of them, I think they'd be gone. Like if you had a Venables, again, and a Pal Pepper, and one of them worked out, the other one would probably be okay to just sort of skate by a bit. No one would be too concerned. Yep. So I, I don't think that's a real factor. Um, I don't know. Like for me, Venables, like I talked on Monday about um, a couple of players, I can't remember who they were, but that they're sort of the names that you don't think, that I don't think you'd ever think, oh, they really destroyed us today and you really dread going up against them. But yeah. I can see Venables being that sort of player. Oh, for sure. That's, Absolutely. And for, you know, and I, I kind of feel like the, the same sorts of things that people are saying, oh, oh, I'm not sure about Venables. I think people are saying the same things about Ollie Wines. Yeah, like yeah. people. That's that's why people were sort of saying, "Oh, we've got to draft Mays, like Ollie Wines. He could be a bit more Brock McLeanish and not work out." But every indicator that I'm seeing of Venables says that he's ready. He's got the right head. He's got the respect at his own level, which usually would, if, he, if he's actually quite, if he's okay, he will actually uh, carry on to the next level up. Um, he's damaging. He stands up in big moments. <laughs> I, I, I would find it hard to overlook him. Yeah. There's a lot to like about him. I guess the things that I don't particularly like, I think he's very outside. I think he needs to really improve the sort of mm. contested side of his game. Um, and he, he gets caught a lot, but I guess the reason why he gets caught a lot is that he takes the game on a lot as well, which, yeah. of course, is not a bad thing. And uh, if he can improve his core strength to a AFL quality, I think he's the type of player that can... Be that sort of Sean Burgoyne, Paddy Dangerfield type that can just sort of barge through tackles with the bowl. Um, the yeah. other issue I've got is that um, his last two years, he hasn't played a lot of footy. Um, mm. You know, he broke his leg last year, he had hip surgery in the off-season. Um, I think he had stress fractures in his foot this year. He was in a moon boot um, at the Morris Medal. Um Sort of, I guess the warning signs are there that um, you know is his body sort of failing him already. Look, I mean that's a pretty valid concern, and I think there are a couple of guys getting extra injury tests before the draft. Um, at the request of clubs, I think Simkin was one, and it might have been Venables was the other. So I'm not sure. Um, uh, Will Brody, I think. Oh, Brody, okay, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, so I mean, I guess that's something that we can't assess. I've got no idea. Uh, he he's still done all right, even with injuries. Yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to have changed his game having those injuries. So that's a good sign. Um, and as for being a bit outside, well, like, like I said, if we draft a parcel of midfielders, like if we draft full mids this year, then you can afford to have one of them be a bit outside because we are weak there. We've got we've already discussed how you know Polek is there, Impy and Amon. Impy is probably going to be okay. Amon, we still don't know about. Um, White is probably gone fairly soon. Um, yep. And so there's, there's room there for an outside-ish midfielder. Oh, yeah. Um, I think so... he would suit our game sort of perfectly. He's the exact so. sort of player that I, I think we should be looking at drafting. Mm. Um, I think it's clear he's not going to be a top 10 pick. He didn't get invited to the draft night. Uh, yeah. So yep. he falls outside the top 10. We know that now. Um is he going to be there with pick 14 or 17? I think uh, a very big chance that he will be. Uh, will he end up in Port Adelaide colours? I think, uh, again, there is um, a very fair chance that he might end up uh, being a Port Adelaide Football Club player. Yeah, he's definitely in a list of players that I reckon we would look at and that I certainly wouldn't complain if we drafted. Yeah. <clears throat> if we get Venables and Pow Pepper, <sighs> I'd, I'd be laughing. <laughs> I'd be sitting there... Cackling like Homer Simpson. It'll be yeah. great. Yeah. And and then Atlee and Drew at 30 and 31. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh happy days. Happy days. Or for hockey. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, next player. Uh, another one that sort of fits um, in Port Adelaide sites, I think, and that's Jordan Gallucci from the Eastern Rangers. Um, a little bit short, 183 centimetre, 75 kilo general midfielder. I think he plays a hell of a lot like Stephen Canelio. Um, yeah. He's also got a little bit of Robbie Gray about him, sort of like midfield Robbie Gray. Uh, he's a very smooth-moving inside midfielder, really good running capability, um, has got a massive leap for his size as well, a really good mark. Uh, got a great sidestep, um, and he could have the best kick in the draft. Could. Yeah. He's, for me, as a junior, he feels a bit like a Monfries. In the, I think people expected Monfries to be a midfielder, yeah, and they end up being a leading forward. And I kind of feel like Gallucci yeah. might follow a similar path um, yeah. because he does have that good kick. He's got – he topped repeat sprints at the draft camp, so he's got that facility. Yep. Um and he's good with the ball, and he's, I don't know, like for me, I think that's probably more where he's going to end up, because I just, like, when he's good, he's excellent, yeah? But then there's the times you just don't see a lot of him. Um, that's the big query on him, is yeah. can he become an AFL midfielder? Because he doesn't get a lot of the ball. He does oh, not right. get a lot of the ball at all. He, um, he struggled to find it at the championships. He averaged, I think, 15 touches a game. Um, though his impact with those touches, I thought, was really, really good. Um, and again, uh, average 20 touches a game at TAC Cup level, but in there is, you know, is an 11, a 14, a 15, a 19. So there, there's games where he doesn't really find a lot of the bulk. Uh, I guess the, the one big hope is that he had one particular game where he had uh, 36 touches, six marks, three goals, six tackles, which, uh, which is pretty huge numbers and shows that he can get a lot of the footy. He just doesn't do it a lot. Yeah, but also, again, this is one of the times when maybe you kind of hold Big Metro against him. Like, the midfield Big Metro guy, he should be doing that a bit more often even, yep. you know? Because um, he he's in a position where he can actually play a bit outside, in that side. Um, I don't know. Like, for me, like I said, I think he I think he tracks for an Angus Monfries. I, I think that yeah. he could have a midfield role occasionally and probably when he's younger or more the point when he's in his physical prime but then I think a lot of the time will be spent in in the half forward and particularly towards the end of his career as he slows yeah. down. I guess the thing with Angus Moffries is I don't remember him ever being that good as an inside mid as a junior no. as what uh, Gallucci is. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Moffries was always that sort of I don't know sort of secondary sort of midfielder. Um, I don't think he was like a huge clearance winner which is what Gallucci sort of is. Like he's the type the thing that I really like about Gallucci is that when he does win a clearance, it's the type where he gets the ball, he's able to run free, and then can deliver the ball very neatly to a leading forward. And that's something which yeah, doesn't grow on trees. That's something that not a lot of players can do. Mm. Um, so that's why I think he's got p- potential midfield capability there. If only he can find a bit more of the footy. But as I said, he's got the he's got a huge jump. He he. Topped out the uh, the vertical jump at the draft uh, combine. He's pretty quick. Did a two ninety six in the twenty metre. Uh, really fit. Um, and yeah, obviously his repeat sprints. He uh, he led the way as well. So there's a lot a lot a lot to like about him. Um, but there are definitely some queries there. Yeah, I mean for me on balance, I probably wouldn't be like keen on taking the punt on him. Um, I probably wouldn't with fourteen or seventeen. Oh um, no, certainly not. If he's there at pick thirty, I think we should probably call his name out quicker than uh, as quick as possible. Oh, uh, yeah. If he falls to I, thirty, I, I think if he falls to thirty, I think he's going to be the best player available at thirty. Well, that's sort of yeah. That's probably our point of difference there because I think at thirty, I don't think we're drafting best available. I think we can still hit needs at that point. So that's my that's my preference. Okay. And I, I can see I can see what you're saying that there's a role for him. But I think there are th- there will be players available at thirty, who are still pretty good, really pretty good. Then they're, they're comparable, that will be more suitable for Port Adelaide and maybe a little bit safer a bet that they won't just sort of squeeze, be squeezed out and yeah. end up being a, a marking half forward or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Next player is uh, Brock McCregor uh, from Western Jets, who's 200 centimetres, 97 kilo, uh, can play in the ruck, can also play as a key forward. I think he's a lot like mm. sort of Luke Loudon, a bit like a Matty Cruiser. Yeah, he's a well-built ruckman, really strong mark, decent skills for a big man. Uh, I really like the ability that he's got to play as a key forward. He's got really good reach um, and seems to have pretty decent pace off the mark as well, which allows a bit of separation. 
Um, was part of the Vic Metro squad, but didn't actually play a game. Um, but his form for uh, for the Western Jets throughout the year was uh, was pretty decent. I think he would be a good one for Brendan Lay to work with. Yeah, I think he's an intelligent ruckman, um, which I think is perfect for that kind of coach. Um, I'm not like you say he's a key, key position forward. I don't feel he probably is. I think he's a ruckman who can you can probably. I think he's a key position forward in the way that Brogan was a key position backman in that if you just let him sort of run loose and do what he wants, he'll probably be okay. But I think if you're talking about him being an actual target, I don't know that he's probably got it. I don't um, think he's I, the sort of guy that can play as a key forward as his no. job at AFL level. I think he's the sort of guy that can play as a ruck and we can throw him up forward and you can probably yeah, expect exactly. him to take a few grabs and maybe kick a goal a game sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So not quite a Steve Alessio, maybe more like a <laughs> forward playing Dean Brogan, I guess is really what I'm looking at there. You know, Maybe he'll be able to play loose and stretch his opponent a little bit. Um, in certain occasions, but you wouldn't make him a, a, a core to the side um, mm. in the way you might make other players. Yeah. But, you know, he's like I said, he's a smart ruckman. His disposal, I think, is a bit mm, both in terms of execution and decision-making. I think he'd be a perfect number two ruck for a team that believes in ruckman um, because, as you say, he can play a little bit outside of position, um, and he has got that genuine ruck height, and there's probably going to be a couple of teams out there that say, yeah, we still believe in the really big guys. Yep. He's agile enough, yeah. um, and like I said, uh, yeah, I think I think you know, it, it, the start, certainly to start off with is a good second ruck, and I think that you know as he hits that ruckman peak and what age twenty four, twenty five, he could go to number one and be actually really good. Yeah, he's the sort of guy that I'd be pretty happy to draft. I don't think he's going to get drafted in the national draft. I think he sits in the rookie draft. I think he mm. would be the a really good sort of project player for someone like Brendan Lay to work with. Um, yeah. You know, give him a few years to develop. I think he could become a, a really handy footballer. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I'm a bit of a fan, I've got to say that. Um, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see with him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a guy that I'd be okay with us having on the list, on the list because we've, we have still got Ryder and <laughs> Lobby. Um, and Frampton has probably got another season yet before we decide whether we keep him or turf him. So yeah. having a project ruckman on the list ready to go is actually not a terrible thing. So yeah. I'd be okay. I'd be okay with him picking up. I think he's a better prospect than Darcy, just in terms of his safeness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes, absolutely. I, I think if um, we've already spoken about the South Australian guys, where do you think he fits with someone like Laddams and Sweet? I think he's behind Laddams and ahead of Sweet. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. Yep. If Laddams is there, I'd definitely pick Laddams. If he's gone, mm. I'd be happy to uh, give McGregor a shot. Yeah, and, but that says more about safety of the pick rather than upside. I think they're probably. I think he's probably not got a dissimilar um, top potential to Laddams, but I think he's probably got a more chance that he won't work out. Yep. Yes. Now, on to another player that uh, relates to Port Adelaide, and that's uh, Oliver Florent, who's... Uh, he played at Sandringham Dragons this year. Uh, 183 centimetres, 74 kilo, outside mid, can also play on a forward flank as well. I think he's a lot like Darcy Parrish. Uh, I think he's going to become a pretty skillful rover at AFL level. I think he's all about impact with his touches. Uh, I really like the fact that he's dual-sided. He's got a lovely kick on both sides. Um... Did struggle to find the bowl at the championships. Didn't get a lot of the bowl at all. I think he only averaged something like um, 12 touches a game. Um, but he's someone that's really grown as the year has gone on. The, the first two times I saw him play, I was like, yeah, he'd, he'd be an all right sort of third rounder, fourth rounder. Um, kind of like a Carl Amon sort of type. Um, but he's just grown and grown and developed. And I've had to bite my tongue and sort of uh, go back on what I said and say... Yep, actually, I reckon he's uh, he's actually got a fair bit of talent. This kid. Mm. I don't look. I mean, there are some things he does quite well. Yeah, um, mm. I I think for me, my my reservation is that you see him in traffic, and you just see so many times that he could get absolutely crunched by an opponent. Mm. Um, it's under 18s level, so they don't tend to do it so much. Yeah. At AFL level, they do it all the time. I could <clears throat> see him really struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. I think that's one of the negatives that I that I had written down is that he can be slow with the ball sometimes. 
Um, can maybe try and do a little bit too much with it. Um, but look, I think uh, as the year's gone on, I think he's uh, played some really, really good footy towards the back end of the season, had a really good grand final. Um, he averaged 20 touches a game at uh, TAC Cup level, averaged a goal a game. Um, was close to best on ground in the grand final, I think, from memory. And uh, he also backed that up with a really, really strong depl- uh, display in the All-Stars game as well on grand final eve. Uh, I mm. think he's a really good tackler. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. Again, there's. I guess I go back to what I thought at the start of the season, and that was um, it's just a few things that I don't particularly like about him, and um, that he maybe sits more in the sort of Carl Amon sort of uh, stratosphere. Yeah, for me too. For me, I've got him as a yellow. But if we draft, like I don't want him. I wouldn't draft him at fourteen or seventeen, which probably puts me at odds with a few people anyway. But yeah. if we drafted him at 30 or 31, for me, that would feel like something higher up the draft hadn't worked out in our favour. Mm. Like that some players that would have been really good for us went earlier than expected, um, which is possible. It's highly possible. Yeah. Uh, and I'd I be think he'll be like, gone by then. Oh. Yeah. Well, for me, like... He'll definitely feeling, be gone by 30. Maybe. The feeling I would have would be similar to in 2002 when we um, saw like four South Australians in a row get drafted and then we ended up with Stephen Gillum. Like I feel like that would be the way I'd feel about us ending up with um, Florent at pick 30, which probably is hugely underrating him. But I'm really worried about his ability to up-level. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can see why people are attracted to him. I not, I'm not. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, as I said, he's someone that has really good impact with his disposals, and I think that's what people like, is that when he gets the ball, something good tends to happen, um, which at junior level is pretty good, because a lot of people just sort of blaze away with the ball at junior level. I think he's someone that really sort of thinks about his disposals, and that may be part of his issue as well, because he does take that sort of extra half a second to dispose of it sometimes. Mm. Um, Where does he fit? I think he fits in that sort of 10 to 20 range. I think... um, if he's there with our first two picks, um, I think he's definitely going to come under consideration. Yeah, but I, I kind of hope he's behind other players. I, I, I would be pretty happy to see him somewhere else. I would prefer the two that we mentioned a bit earlier. But um, yep. if they're both gone, there's you know he's going to come under consideration. He's certainly with 17 as opposed to 14, I think. Um, I think we're likely to get the player that we want with the first pick. The second one... Yeah, wait and see. For me, I'm really worried that we're going to do a Port Adelaide thing. And in a draft where it seems like there's a bunch of guys with a really good body size that will be around at our picks, we're going to come out with like three guys that are under 185 centimetres. (laughs) Yeah, and that's not terrible, but that's not great. If Structurally, it's really not a smart thing to have that many guys just on the smaller side of midfielders, Uh, and particularly in a draft when there are so many bigger options available. Um, in term, not not you know huge huge ones, but just you know 187 centimeters and reasonably heavy. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yep. That, that's, that's not a huge ask. If we can mm. stick with that kind, I'd be pretty stoked. But I think that we might get sucked into a, a Florent and a Gallucci, for example, and that would be I'd be pretty disappointed in that. Not well, if we get both, um, I'm going to wait for your uh, text message on draft night. I think <laughs> if we get both, we'll probably have drafted two other players I don't like, so it might be a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. All right, moving on, and someone that um, I don't think Port have any chance of getting, and that's Josh Dacos from the Calder Cannons, who's 178 centimetres, 69 kilo, forward flanker, plays a lot like Mark Lacroix. He's obviously the son of the uh, the very great mercurial uh, Peter Dacos. Um, probably not all that similar, to be honest. Um, he plays as kind of like a lead-up half-forward flanker. He can also play out a full forward. Got really nice evasive skills in traffic. Um, but his kicking, uh, for the son of someone who's one of the best kicks you know, ever, uh, is a bit of a letdown, I've got to say. Dacos isn't on my list. Um, he He's like the player you make when you're playing Madden or AFL Live or whatever else. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, it's sort of like, oh, okay, well, he's who I can afford. Oh, I guess I'll add him to my team. And then he just sort of puts around and he does the really basic things. Like Dacos, for me, he just seems like a body you put on the field, yeah? I, I don't see anything exceptional about him. I think that he's a guy that you see players kick to when he's loose on a half forward or a half back flank, and then he kicks it on, and then that's about it. Um, I I think that 
if Collingwood pick him up, good luck to them. I have no issues with them getting him for free at all. Um, I, I don't I don't think there's enough there for us for it to be worth us putting a bid on and then getting, getting caught out, certainly. His kicking needs a lot of work. He sort of chops at the ball. He does this sort of slice thing as he kicks, which um, I think affects his accuracy and also his depth of kicking. Like He's not a very long kick of the footy. He only seems to kick it about 40 metres. Um, where a bid's going to come in, I think, is... Um, He's up in the air. Like I don't particularly rate him. Like if a if a bid came in in the first forty, I'm not sure I'd take him. Nah, God no. If his name wasn't Dacos, I, th- I think given that his name is Dacos and the uh, potential sort of ramifications of them missing out on someone called Dacos, I think they'll probably match the bid if it comes anywhere sort of from about twenty five onwards. I reckon they'll just add him at the end of the draft. Frankly. Yeah. I can certainly see him not being bid on. Um, for me, he's... I, I, just, I just don't see him having all that much AFL potential, to be honest. But No, like if, if you categorise flankers, <laughs> flankers in two types, which is that you have your, your damaging flankers and your relief flankers, he's a relief flanker and that he's the guy that you go to because he's a bit outside and he seems to be free and then you get the ball to him and then he maybe does something a little bit with it. Yep. But he's not the guy that you're kicking to if you're actually trying to be constructive and win the game. No, that's, so. that's for sure. Right, moving on, and let's talk about someone else whose uh, name is uh, Josh Begley from the Eastern Rangers, who's 187 centimetres. He weighed in at 95 kilos at the draft combine. Um, he's a medium forward, plays a bit like sort of Mason Wood, James Sicily, that sort of player. Very big bodied, very strong. He's a hard leading sort of third toll forward, really good goal sense, kicks a lot of goals. Um, but geez, I, I think he's got a lot to work on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's good. He, look, he had a great start to the season. I got to say, he kicked uh, sixteen goals in the first four games, playing mostly sort of out of full forward, and then he sort of moved a little bit further up the ground. Even uh, had a few stints in the midfield and, and did impress there. Um, so again, he's just going back a few players. He is the sort of guy that can make an impact when he gets the ball. Um, whether he's got AFL potential, like he's going to need to tone down a little bit. He's going to need to sort of slim down a little bit. Um, but he's the sort of guy with that sort of intensity, um, that sort of versatility. Um, I think if he, like, he could become a pretty handy AFL player. What's his? What is exceptional about his game? I think his goal kicking, like his kick for goal. I think he's a really good uh, natural kick. Um, I like his ability to get separation on his opponent when he's leading. He takes a really nice grab, uh, and he's very, very strong. Um, mm. Whether mm. he's just very, very strong because he's 10 kilos bigger than everyone else he plays against at the moment, yeah. um, and whether he can actually sort of uh, move that up to the AFL level, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot of queries about him. Um, I think... Yeah, well, I think someone's going to take a punt on him, sort of with a sort of like a third rounder, fourth rounder, something like that, um, and see if they can sort of uh, help develop his size and uh, see if they can get him going. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know much about him. Um, yeah, he's got good production, I suppose, for Easton, but um, I don't know. Like, is it a role that we need to fill? I don't know. Maybe no. I could see us drafting no. him, but I, I don't. No, I don't really see way. us drafting him, to be honest. Okay. Do we need another? Well, do we need a one eighty seven quasi third tall forward? Probably not. Well, it really depends on what the model is for the Port Adelaide side, and I guess he might be a player that might be able to step up a bit earlier. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah. Next. <laughs> Next. All right, going back to Collingwood, and that's uh, Callum Brown, also from hmm. uh, Eastern Rangers, who's one hundred seventy seven centimetre, sixty nine kilo rover. He's a lot like Lewis Taylor or Sammy Gray as well. Uh, I think he's a real natural footballer. He's a natural bowl winner. Uh, does lack that sort of size. Gets knocked around a little bit. Uh, he's going to probably, like Sammy Gray, is probably going to take two or three years to really sort of uh, you know, build up a body that's going to be able to handle AFL footy, I think. But again, he's a, he's a natural, picks up a, a lot of the bowl, was a, an All-Australian at the championships as well. Um, and has picked up some really good numbers for uh, the Eastern Rangers this year. Yeah, so unlike Dacos, I think that Callum has actually inherited one thing from his dad, which is that he's a real, he has a really 
useful center of gravity. So he's yeah. really quick to move his feet to adjust. He's good at handling contact when he gets it. Um, he manages to stay level and keep his hands free. Um, so he's got those same traits that his dad had, which is, you know, if you're looking for the ones that he might inherit, um, it's good that he got that to go along with the slowness. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I kind of feel he's one-dimensional. I think he has to be a center square mid, like he has to be at the ball up every time. I don't think there's a lot of room for him outside of that because of his pace concern. Um, and he's not, you know, he's not, he's, he's, he's small. He's a small player. Um, and so, you know, slow and small, there's always a little bit of limited opportunity there for that kind of player. Um, everyone will say, Sam Mitchell. I'm like, yeah, okay, Sam Mitchell, sure, but he's a center square midfielder, right? So. <laughs> And Sam um, Mitchell's built like an ox. Like Callum Brown at the moment yeah. looks about thirteen. So he's, he's very small. Yeah. So I look. I mean, I guess that's the, the. We're talking about having concerns about these guys going up to the next level. I guess I've definitely got that concern for Callum Brown, but I can see why people might be willing to take a punt based on lineage and the fact that he does have that excellent centre balance, which I don't think I've seen another player quite at that same level in this draft year so far. So yeah, he's got the Sammy Cahoon sort of body shape and size. Like yeah. he just he just constantly looks. I think he's going to last until he's like 26 and he's just constantly going to look like he's 17 sort of thing. Um, he's a confident user of the ball, reads the play really well. I, I think he's a really good footballer, um, but he just suffers from his size, I think. If he was, you know, well, I think we said it last year with Will Snelling, like if he was, you know, five centimetres taller, you know, oh, he yeah. could probably, you know, chop... Uh, half the draft picks away and he'd sort of go, you know, another 30 or 40 picks higher in the draft. I think the same might be said of Callum Brown, but I do actually think a a bid might come in relatively early for Callum Brown. I don't think so. I think that a bid might, a mischievous bid might come in. So, I don't know, an early early third round pick or something like that, Um, which Collingwood would match, I'd imagine, with the discount. I'm going to say late 20s, early 30s it's going to come in. Okay. Uh, I excluding R two picks. Yeah, I was going to say if it's us, I'm going <laughs> to. No, I'm not suggesting it's going to be us that bids on him. I just think that's sort of where he kind of fits. I think. How would that? How would that be? Gallucci, Florent, and Brown. <laughs> yes, all we need is Tyson Stengel, and uh, yeah. we'd be we'd be oh, set. Shit. I reckon. <laughs> uh, well, we yeah. said we need a midfielder, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, best, best available. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, two players left. Um, first one is Jack Maybar, also mm. from uh, Eastern Rangers. He's uh, 193 centimetre, 90 kilo key defender. I think he plays a lot like, um, a lot like your sort of Ted Richards or Phil Davis, um, in that he's very much a shutdown key defender. I think he's got really good closing speed, really good strength. Um, I think he, he really likes to sort of be the leader down back. He likes to play as that sort of centre half back general. Um, knows how to get the spoil in, plays pretty tight on his opponent. Uh, and I guess the thing that I really like about him most is that he's probably the best user, user of the bowl for a key defender in this oh, draft. Oh, 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 Maka. Oh, okay. controversial. Well, first yes. of all, I'll answer the question that I'm pretty certain you've got, which is that, yes, I rate him slightly lower than Brennan Cox. Okay. Um, for me, I'm... Oh, I, yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. rate Brennan Cox's skills probably better. Yeah, and his disposal, I think the initial disposal is great, but for a guy who, as you said, likes being in the general down back, I don't like where his, the plays he starts end up. Okay. Yeah? I don't think that... You see him... Like, it's a bit Troy Chaplinish like that, yeah? Which I know yeah. I've, said the, I've said the horrible word mm. there, but Troy, you know, he was the guy that liked to be in the background. No, there is oh, a similarity there. And then hand pass to someone who there's nothing outfield for them to do, but they've <laughs> hand passed to them now. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think... Um... Oh, I'm not sure he sort of sells his teammates into troubles with his handballs. I think not he's a really good kick. Trouble. Not immediate trouble. That's the thing. Like, the mm. person will get it to be okay, but then upfield, you know, it doesn't end up, it usually ends up being, I, I feel like I feel like that's a concern for me. I don't know that he's as good at reading the play as you would want him to be, to be a general in the back line. Okay. And that's probably why he's not being talked about as a first round pick. No, Because right. his shutdown yeah. skill is fine. Um, he's probably got the fitness to keep up. He's got the genuine height you'd probably need. Um, and he has got, you know, an important part of being a leader is wanting to lead, yeah? So he's got that going for him. But um, I feel like, yeah, Troy, it's Troy Chaplin syndrome. That's why Troy mm. Chaplin dropped in his draft year. You know, he was yeah. considered top 10 halfway through, and by the end of the year, he came down to us. So, yeah. um, you know, 
Uh, that's just how it is. No, that's fair. That's a fair call. Uh, again, he was all Australian this year at uh, centre half back, I think. Mm. Um, so he did have a good year. Can also play as a swing man. Did move forward a little bit this year uh, for Easton. Kicked a, f- a few goals on a, on a few occasions. Um, I think there's a lot to like about him. He is one dimensional, um, and I think that probably sees him drop. Probably sort of late second again, sort of early to mid third round, I would think. Yeah, and I guess for me, I'm going to say the same thing I said for Brennan Cox on being fair, which is that in a draft year when the key forwards are very dodgy, being a shut down a shut down defender in a well stacked side with an excellent midfield, he's looking a bit better than he is. Yeah, possibly. Uh, the last player didn't go through Vic Metro. He went through the VFL. But uh, as we didn't do a state mm. league section, I thought, well, let's tack him on here. And that's uh, Luke Ryan from uh, the Coburg Tigers. Um, he's a 185-centimetre, 82-kilo small defender. Uh, plays a lot like his sort of Zach Tui or Nathan Wilson from uh, GWS. Uh, very creative. He's a rebounding small defender. Uh, he's the type of guy that really loves to sort of chop off, um, get in front, take that mark, and then run off with the ball. He's a little bit like Brett Montgomery in that regard, except he's a bit quicker. Um, I really like him. I, I really like what I've seen. Um, I think he's definitely got AFL potential. Um, he was kind of considered draftable a couple of years ago, but um, I think pulled out mm. of the draft, didn't th- really see himself as being committed uh, to an AFL career. Um, and he's come back to that this year and said, yeah, I want to give it a crack. Um, and yeah, his form at Coburg was pretty good this year. Um, average 19 touches a game and um, yeah, he's uh, talked about very highly. Yeah, well, I mean, I read an article on this guy because um, I couldn't find any footage, so I can't really comment on his game style. But he's um, when he was in his TAC Cup year, he was doing a carpentry apprenticeship Yeah. Uh, and the competition between the two wasn't working out for him. So it's probably a similar story to uh, Robbie Gray and that's, well, that's why Robbie Gray was drafted as late as he was. Because um, you had the competing concerns of doing actual physical labour and then going yeah. on a TSC Cup training with a bunch of kids that, you know, this is this is Time all they school. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, first of all, I guess that speaks to work ethic um, and knowing his own limitations. Because now he's back, yeah, and he's come out. He's averaged what twenty-one disposals. Mm. Um, it's a character for a character <clears throat> recruit and for a club that likes doing character recruiting like Port Adelaide does, you would imagine we would be one of the clubs that has been chatting with him. Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of, like, maybe he's why we delisted Paul Stewart, for example. Um, yeah, look, I, I think he would sit with uh, pick 30 or 31. I think he sits in that sort of range again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can kind of half-seeing us uh, pick him up, to be honest. It wouldn't shock me. I would like if we sort of hung out on the chance that he's available at our, at our last pick. But yeah. it wouldn't shock me if he if we did... Um, again, if we drafted those three midfielders from before and Luke Ryan, I'd be kind of shitty, but nothing against any individual one of them. Yep. No, that's right. I think it'll probably, well, I think it'll definitely be gone by our fifth pick. Um, mm. Yeah, there's a lot to like about him. Um, I'd like to see more. I've only seen sort of highlights of him. I've only seen probably about three minutes of footage. I'd like to see a bit more than that, to, just to see. Um, how he plays when the ball's coming in a little bit quicker and he's not able mm. to sort of zone off a bit. Um, haven't actually been able to see anything like that yet, but um, look, his attacking instinct, um, and I, th- I think he's going to be a really dangerous sort of player at AFL level. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll see. He could be the next Fuopolo or more or more than the next Sam Mitchell. I mean, he came through the BFL, didn't he? So. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. We're doing smokies now? We Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, there's a guy that we in no way need, but that I kind of am surprised we haven't been talking about, and that's Nelson Lane, who played for okay. Eastern Rangers. Um, he was at the State Combine. I think he got a 15-3 in the beep test. He's a good runner. I kind of felt when I was watching him play with the Big Metro side, he reminded me a lot of a Nathan Eagleton. Um, I think he's got good downfield disposal, but he's not. You know, he's a small half. He's a small. He's a small flanker. Um, yeah. So the need for him is low. I wouldn't be horrified if we picked him up like as a second or a third round rookie pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, kind of, I just really wanted to mention because I think he deserves a bit more discussion than he's, he's been getting personally. Okay. Yep. Mm. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think it's he probably sits somewhere in the sort of rookie draft or probably undrafted. Maybe he gets another crack next year. Um, yeah, I, I thought he looked okay at the championships. Mm, mm. With his oh, little, I think... oh, he had a few little cameos, which was good. 
Well, I mean, he's quite a long kick too for his size, which is always a nice thing for a defender. Um, yep. And he's got good downfield vision. You can obviously run. And I felt like his disposals were pretty bang on too for the most yeah. part. So uh, I, I'm pretty bullish on him. If we're, if we're going to get a small halfback flanker like he's up against the guy who we mentioned last week, the um, like a Reese Piper or someone like that, um, then, yeah, I'd be probably leaning towards a lane. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Uh, my smokey would be uh, Sam McClarty who's a uh, key position defender. Oh, also play um, centre-half forward as well. He's 193 centimetre, 93 kilos. He's very well built, kind of ready to play. I think um, he needs a lot of work on his sort of football now, but I think he's got really good defensive ability. Uh, pretty good pace off the mark as well. Looks more natural as that sort of defender than a forward. Uh, and he can take a really strong uh, contestant mark as well. So he's um, someone that I expect to get drafted um, either later or in the rookie draft as well. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of questions. Uh, first okay. one's from Sleazy, and that's uh, he wants our thoughts on Joel Wilkinson. Obviously, he uh, used to play for Gold Coast, uh, quit the Suns, um, tried to sort of follow a gridiron career. Now he's back saying that he wants a, a second crack at AFL level. I don't have an opinion, and I think we don't have enough spots in our list to justify, so I'm okay. not really too concerned. Uh, he's famous for being uh, the quickest player ever tested at um, at all the draft combines in the 20-meter sprint. Well, I guess that puts him in a similar category to someone like a Rishbeth, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a name I haven't heard in about 10 years. I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> oh, Tommy Rishbeth. I like that. Yep, the Risha. The Risha. There you go. Uh, next one is from Andre, and that's um, uh, Vic Metro players tend to be the biggest uh, flight risk. Um, do any of the possible players the club might consider at our picks give a, a bit of a Nick Stevens, Ben Jacobs vibe? Um, I got a few. I don't know about that. Look, I, I don't think that's as big a thing as it was. Um. Because we're seeing kids, not not because Vic Country kids don't go home, but first of all, the perception is high, or the Vic, the Vic kids don't go home, but because all the kids are going to Melbourne now. You know, we had um, Sam Petrovsky seaton earlier this week saying the place I want to go most of all is Melbourne. Yeah. yeah? Um, so I think the, probably the most danger for players is players that look like they want to be media guys. I think they're the ones that are the biggest flight risks these days, regardless of which state they're from. Yeah. Um, so if you get a guy like if you if you draft a Sam Powell Pepper like if you watch him interview he's not a good interviewer so I don't think he would ever be a flight <laughs> risk for that reason. Yeah. Uh, whereas some of the guys that speak really nicely and they're good blokes it's like oh yeah you're a footy you're a footy show recruit for sure. Um, you know Collingwood would be in your ear from day one. So I think that's probably more what you want to look for. I haven't heard interviews with all these guys yet. I guess post draft we'll have a bit more of an idea. But for me that's what you should be looking for a bit more than Vic Metro these days. Yeah, I'm going to say I've got a few prejudices, and that's um, I look at the uh, the private school that they've gone to, and, ah, yes, and which, which particular yep. school it is. Yep. Um, I look at if they've got family uh, already in the AFL. True. Uh, that's that, that's probably the main two. So for me, I think um, Patrick Kerr and Tim Taranto are are a huge yep. fri- uh, flight oh, risk. Really, Taranto? Okay. Yeah, they're, they're both they're both St Kevin's boys in um, uh, uh, in Turax. Which I think is a huge sort of red flag for moving them to Adelaide. Um, that's that's certainly a concern. I don't think we have to worry about Taranto, but um, I can certainly see if Gold Coast pick him. He's the sort of guy that's going to be one and done in terms of his contract. Move yeah, back. that's Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, well, look, Patrick Kerr, I can see wanting to go home as well. Um, and the other one that I'm, uh, which you're not going to like at all, which is uh, is Dylan Clark. Hmm. Because of his uh, his brother playing at North Melbourne, I think that's a bit of a, f- a flight risk, to be honest. For me, I don't think it is because I think that by the time Clark gets through his first contract, he'll be in the side. Like I think that's another factor of the flight risk too, is whether they're not getting opportunities. And I, that's why I agree with you on Patrick Kerr. I think Patrick Kerr might end up being a gorringe in that he sort of gets a couple of opportunities like, oh, all these clubs in Victoria have been in my ear. I'm going home. And then he doesn't get a game there either. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> Um, but Clark, I think that he's the sort of guy like Ollie Wines, you know, he could be in the side from year one. And if he's inside from year one, he's getting respect. He's in 
made mates with a bunch of the other players, like the other three midfielders we're going to draft this year, yeah, um, then he might be more like, ah, oh, let's hang around a bit longer. Because I think for the most part, the managers do encourage them to do that, particularly in the early stages when they're developing and they're not on their top dollar. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and if it's working out, because that's the thing, like, it's really easy to underestimate the value of being at a club where everything's working because, you know, if, if, if you're succeeding at Port Adelaide, you might think, I want to go home, but who are you going to go home to? Are you going to go home to Richmond? Is that a good fit for you? When you've already got something that's working, how willing are you to give that up for something that realistically is completely foreign and new to you, yeah? Mm. Um, that you might not work out as well in their system as you do in this one. Like, that's a thing that it's recognised in the NFL. Like, you know, guys that are used to being part of a West Coast offence going to a different game style they could do but it doesn't happen that often usually the coaches with similar methods the players go between those teams uh, yeah. and I think that could be a case in something like this as well so it, it's a big ask if you're working out somewhere it's, it is actually a big jump yeah well he's a Melbourne grammar boy and that's another school where I sort of uh, you know, yeah. the, the light bulb goes off above the head and sort of like eh, don't know not sure um, but yeah I'll, I would hope not because <laughs> I hope we pick him up um, the other one who we're not going to draft because he's not going to be available, but um, there's a lot of rumours going around that Will Brody's told a few clubs that he doesn't want to leave Victoria as well. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess another one, if you're talking about players that have got brothers like Joe Atley, again, you'd have to say maybe, yep. um, particularly as he plays a slightly different role to his brothers, so they could actually play on the same side. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's overly... It's going to sound... Well... I think he's close to his brother, but it, but not in a football sense. Yeah. Like, Joe Atley, I think, is someone that's followed his own sort of career path. Like, mm. from what I've read, he hasn't spoken to his brother much about AFL football at all. So I think he's sort of going to be on his own sort of career trajectory. I don't think he's going to be someone that wants to sort of go and play, own, play, play with his brother or anything like that. No, maybe um, not. But, yeah, not sure. Could be wrong there, too. You never know. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, there we go. There we go. Next right. question. That's it. Oh, is that all? Okay. All done. Yep. All done. Okay. So that's it for Vic Metro. Uh, we've got one week left of these draft previews, and that's uh, WA yeah. uh, next week. And uh, after that is uh, is draft week, where we, we will have our uh, phantom draft with Mish, uh, Mission Possible, and uh, then obviously draft day. That Phantom Draft is going to be a ripper. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be so good. He's going to I tear think... strips off me. I can't wait. <laughs> well, what's really good about it is that I think this is probably the year that you and I are the best prepared for it. So that's going to make it an interesting... This, this is like one of those um, Halloween contests from Brooklyn Nine-Nine for watchers of that show. Um, yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> well, look, I know Mish and he's, he's been doing a lot of research. A lot yes. of research, so it's it's he's coming in it from a fresh idea as well. Like we've obviously spoken yeah. about it together and formed our yeah. views, and he's going to come in uh, with a completely fresh opinion, which is going to probably tear us both to shreds. So it's going to be great. Ah, but Macca, he had that discipline a month ago, but since then he has been unable to hold his tongue on the port forum. And I've been <laughs> true. reading. Very true. This is true. Uh, thanks for the. Uh, yeah, thanks for all the people in the Spreaker chat, of which I'm not sure there's any um, uh, at all. Ryan's there. Good old Ryan Keller. Good on you, mate. On your Ryan. He's yeah. Been That's true. Yep. And uh, on that note, Carla Pear. Carla Pear. Trump. Mm. Oh. Gets the ball across towards a teammate. Rick's hand pass, though. Slapped. And now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking. <laughs>